Was it something I imagined would divide a community, but the newsable community has been divided. Well, I mean, we gave them the opportunity to divide themselves. I know, but it was, it didn't feel to me like a divisive topic. What, did you just think everyone was going to be like, yeah, I like they've grown fruit, sure. Is Maybe, that what you expected? Yeah, because I, I don't, okay, before we dig into it, yeah, I'll read the context, results out. Context. On Instagram, we chucked a poll up asking, would you eat lab-grown fruit? 53% said no, and 47% said yes. Yeah, I, I'm surprised by that, that result. Why why, why wouldn't you want to? I think you'd at least try it, you know? I mean, I, I would have no trouble eating lab-grown fruits, but I think people feel quite strongly about um, these topics, you know, mm. of things grown in labs that are perceived to be from the natural world. Um, mm. And, hey, you know, fair enough. Sure. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not taking away from those people who, no, you know, firm stance of nut. Don't don't feed me the lab grown fruit. Well, hey, that's a good poll because, um, you know, fifty three to forty seven. It's tight. Toit. It's tight. Toit. So, um, thank you for contributing to that. Uh, interesting stuff. Anyway, should we get to today's show? Why not? Kia ora, this is Newsable. I'm Emil. And I'm Imogen, and this is what's worth talking about. The Waz are up this weekend, taking on minor premieres, the Panthers, in week one of the NRL finals. So we're checking in with one of the team's star players about how the boys are feeling ahead of the match. Also, a blockbuster poll, a controversial attack ad, a birthday, and a few new policies. We're bringing you up to speed on the week that was in politics. Does your dog dream about chasing cats? Or maybe does your cat dream about chasing dogs? We're delving into the esoteric question about what happens when animals fall asleep. And as always, we wrap up the week with a bloodthirsty duel of wits with Fun Fact Friday. We've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz slash support. It is crunch time for the Warriors who take on minor premiers, the Panthers, in Penrith tomorrow just after 6pm New Zealand time. A win would send the boys straight through to a home preliminary final in two weeks' time where they'd battle it out for a place in the NRL Grand Final. But even if they lose, they will get a second chance to make it into that preliminary final next weekend. So... How are the players feeling ahead of what will, for some, be the biggest game of their careers so far? We're joined now by fullback Charns, Nickel Clockstud. He's on the line. Kia ora. Kia ora. Hey, how's everyone going? So good. So good. <laughs> how? More importantly, how are you going? How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling. Uh, I'm feeling good. Thank you. It's it's been a funny week. It it does. It does feel like final, and then it doesn't feel like final. So, yeah, it's it's exciting times. We had a loss last week in uh, your last regular season match, but with a much changed side this time round, has that given you extra motivation heading into this crunch stage of the season? Yeah, it does. It was very uh, frustrating having mm-hmm. to watch on the weekend, and I know the boys that have played will, will want to be better this weekend, and it's a really good opportunity for us to go up against a club that's been the, the form team of the competition for a few years now. So you're going to have to play the best team eventually. So why not play them first? Chans, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm really curious about like the, the mindset when you've got a game like this kind of coming up. D- does it dominate your thinking in the days leading up to the match or, or is it kind of business as usual and when, when the time comes, you switch into game mode? Yeah, you've got to have a balance. 
it's an art and I had a, I've had really good leaders over the years help me develop, I guess, the mindset of being able to switch on and switch off. And that's that's a big part of, of rugby league is being able to switch on when you need to and being able to switch off when you need to as well. But it, it does it does creep in here and there thinking about the games, but it's just a part of being a professional athlete. You know, you're, you're going to choose different ways of doing things because we've got a big game this weekend so you might not have that chocolate so you have the chocolate after the game (laughs) (laughs) what do you what do you do to relax out of interest gardening with my wife me and my wife really (laughs) enjoy gardening which is yeah it is crack up i didn't think i'd I'd, I'd enjoy gardening but i I really do enjoy that play play with our dog when our boys are up we, we we have some fun with them so yeah a few things and what sort of chocolate are we talking? Oh, it, it depends <laughs> on the mood, but probably the Cadbury mint chocolate. Oh, oh, wow! Was not expecting to hear that. One of my best mates overseas used to say that it's like brushing your teeth and having chocolate. So <laughs> I don't know if everyone else's opinions are the same, but I do enjoy mint chocolate. <laughs> hey, Chance, tell us how much the crowd support has meant to you and the boys this season. It's been crazy. It's I, I think it's given us a really good preparation into finals because finals footy is, is really full on with the crowds and we've been put under pressure a lot of times throughout this year and having the crowd backing you, cheering you on, the chance, uh, defence and all the rest of it, it's, it's been amazing. Chance, I made your chief executive say this when I interviewed him, but can I get you to say it? Go on. You know what it is. Afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Good luck to you and the boys. We'll be rooting for you, Charles. Nickel Clockstad, thanks so much for your time. Nah, thank you guys very much for having me and have a good rest of your week. It is Friday, so you know what to do. Make sure you are following us on Instagram to get your vote in for Fun Fact Friday and also to find out who wins Fun Fact Friday because that is now where we exclusively post the results. So jump on now, give us a follow. We are at NZ. We are now at the end of week one of the official 2023 campaign season and boy, oh boy, they say 24 hours is a long time in politics. So how about 120 hours? Yes, there has been a heck of a lot of politicking and uh, if you've lost track, never fear because stuff political reporter Glenn McConnell is joining us now to get us up to speed on the week that was. Kia ora to you, Glenn. Kia ora. Hey, it was Chris Sipkin's birthday on Tuesday. How did he spend the day? Yeah, just like anyone likes to, uh, with a bunch of strangers who are judging everything about you constantly. Uh, at least he was with some school kids, so they were slightly nicer, and they made him a cake. Oh. Was there any point to the school visit, or was it just, was it just a visit visit? Politicians really like visiting schools. We're following Luxon around some schools soon as well, but like they don't vote, so it isn't <laughs> a major vote get it, uh, but just something politicians do on the campaign trail. And we also saw a lot of chat about attack ads this week. The Council of Trade Unions earlier in the week put out a full-page, front-page advert in a newspaper, put up billboards around saying you can't trust Chris Luxon. National then came out saying this is the most negative campaign in history. Labor says they're crying wolf. Who's right? Who's wrong? Nobody likes seeing their face on the front of the New Zealand Herald saying that you're out of touch, Mm. you don't know what you're doing, and uh, you can't be trusted. That is pretty negative. Let's remember, though, that wasn't actually Labour who paid for that ad. That came from a a civil society group. And Chris Hipkins 
after that held up a bunch of other attack ads that have been posted about him and his colleagues in the Labour Party from groups like the Taxpayers Union and others. And this is politics, right? It is actually about pointing out where there are failings or perceived failings in your opposition. National has been very effective at this over the past years. They had some great memes making fun of the Labour MPs. There's all sorts of weird stuff that happens in politics and a lot to kind of poke fun at. And no party on either side is giving up the opportunity to do that. Glenn, let's turn to the broccoli of the political world, policies. (laughs) Any notable announcements this week that caught your eye? There has been a heap of little bits and pieces of policies. Look, if you're into EVs, National had something for you. If you're into robots and automation, Labour had something for you. If you hate red tape, ACT was talking about that again. But there's nothing cohesive, there's nothing major that I think will catch everyone's attention. Uh, I was just following Chris Hipkins around in Hamilton, where he announced a further 300 police officers and law to target gang convoys. That maybe will stick out as something major. Law and order has been a major problem for the Labour Party recently. And uh, that was him responding. But 300 didn't seem like a very big number, given Labour has been talking about its 1,800 mm-hmm. new officers it's got over the past six years. Would you expect to see a bit more policy week one of the campaign or maybe big boom far rather than little crumbs? I, who knows what they're really thinking at the moment. We've been following politicians around all week. And, and even on Sunday at the National Party launch, there was no new policy. They had a, a big crowd there and, and there wasn't much talk of, of actual policy. There's a lot of handshaking, but as I've been following around the leaders, actually not that much talking mm. with the public and, and maybe there's just not that much to talk about right now. Uh, turning to the minor parties, um, anything notable happening in minor parties-ville this week, Glenn? The ACT Party, as I mentioned, culling regulation, wants it to be uh, easier to run an early childhood centre, to be a farmer and a uh, health worker. And the Opportunities Party was talking about lowering the voting age. Oh. It wants 16-year-olds to vote, and it wants to extend the term of Parliament, which is something Winston Peters has been talking about for ages too. And Glenn McConnell, thank you very much, as always, for your time and insight there. We're still going to talk about a question that has plagued humankind for centuries. Do animals have dreams? But while I've got you here, if you are enjoying what you're hearing, chuck us a like and a follow on your favourite podcast platform because it helps other people find us. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account on rising child abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's attack line there. I think it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. I'm not worried about it at all. Nothing if in there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what we're we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts. So, Emo, uh, at the moment I am ploughing through the televisual masterpiece that is Survivor Panama. Um, And uh, I was watching last night with my cat McNulty and she got a little bit bored and she nodded off on the couch about halfway through. While she was having her wee nap, this funny thing happened. She started kind of like huffing and puffing Mm. while she slept. It was kind of like she um, thought that she was being chased by a... Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh, is she having a nightmare? Yeah, well, that's what I thought too. But then I was like, hmm, is that actually a thing? Do cats dream? Do dogs dream? Does Bean dream? Definitely. Chips. Yeah. Just of chips. Any <laughs> chip. Hot, cold, crunchy. 
kettle. <laughs> we, we try to answer the big questions here on Usable. To help us answer them, we enlisted David Bilkey. David is a professor at Otago University Psychology Department, and he joins us now. Kia ora. Kia ora. Nice to have you here. Can animals dream? Maybe a little bit of background just about dreaming itself. And, you know, in a night's sleep of, say, eight hours, one of the interesting things is we're all cycling about five times between two main stages. One is called slow-wave sleep, and then you go into this other stage called REM sleep. And during REM sleep, your eyes start moving back and forward really quickly, you lose your muscle tone. And the interesting thing is your brain activity looks as if it's wide awake. And so, like for humans, as an adult, you're spending about 20% of your night's sleep in that stage. And if you wake someone up during that stage, there's a pretty good chance they'll say that they're in the middle of a dream. It's kind of like you're awake and conscious, except generally you have no awareness that you're dreaming and no sort of insight into the fact that you're dreaming. You know, we know that that's what happens with humans because, of course, we can wake them up while they're in that state and they can tell us about it. Well, many animals enter that same state, so cats and dogs do as well. You can measure the REMs, you can measure the change in brain activity, so it looks very much like what's happening in humans. And so you can sort of interpret that and you say, well, probably they are having or they may be having an experience very much like we have when they're dreaming. David, how do we know? How 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 does someone go about studying that? You've got little animals and these big, I don't know, I'm imagining MRI machines. Lots and, of wires. Yeah. yeah. In another species, you can measure the EEG and you can measure the eye movements and so on. And so typically that's what's being done. The thing that's missing, of course, with animals is that you can't, you can't ask them to report <laughs> what their dreams are about. You can see all this activity, which looks exactly like what happens in humans, but you don't really know what they're experiencing, whatever consciousness an animal has. Other than the fact that I love this, is there any use to the information and fact that we know that animals dream? Well, it's, it's really interesting because um, we know that dreams are important, um, for example, for memory consolidation. So it's an important process. And learning about dreams, whether it's in humans or non-human species. And of course, it's, it's just really interesting in and of itself. As you said, it kind of relates to questions about consciousness and the consciousness of other species as well. David Belkey, thank you so much for your time. What a delightful conversation. You're welcome. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. It's that time of the week once again. Feels like a, a duel, doesn't it? I said this in the intro. It feels like a duel. It feels like there's more, there's higher stakes now. It is. Who's winning again? You are. I think. Are you? Yes. 13 12. Yeah, yep. No, 13, I've got 12? the spreadsheet up. You've got the spreadsheet up. <laughs> Just to double check. After your crushing <laughs> win last week. Holy crap. Yeah, that was a good one, wasn't it? 80 yeah. 20. I think that's the, the largest margin of victory that wasn't an Imogen Imogen. Um, option. You're only as good as your last Fun Fact Friday. Another Friday rolls along. There's another opportunity for Emil Donovan. Do you want to go first or shall I? No, you can. My fun fact for this Friday is that uh, giant pandas on average Mm -hmm. poo 40 times a day. I see what you've done here. (laughs) 
And it's evolution's fault. And why is it evolution's fault? The giant panda uh, <laughs> almost exclusively eats bamboo and has been for yeah. about 2 million years. But unlike other herbivores, their gut bacteria is not very well equipped to process all of that plant matter. So they they, they spend a lot of time eating bamboo. They oh. spend about 16 hours a day eating bamboo. And because it's so nutrient um, deficient. They have to eat all the time, boom, 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 to get like enough energy to survive yeah. and to continue eating bamboo. That's pretty, pretty much so it. Just lie there like they just. Do. Yeah, it's just a cyclical kind of thing. But yeah, the the gut bamboo is not particularly well um, suited to digesting this, and so most of their energy actually goes into pooping undigested bamboo out. 40 times a day. Do they just have IBS? Constant IBS, a lifetime of IBS. Um, love a panda. I love those funny videos that are on the internet of, of, of panda keepers trying to keep pandas. And- I know what you mean, but it's also kind of like, man, how how have you survived? You know? <laughs> love it. Okay, mine is also animal related. Fun fact, woolly mammoths were still alive and kicking while the pyramids were being built. Is that right? Really? Isn't that weird to think about? Yeah. Mm. They weren't roaming the Egyptian desert, obviously, or helping with the build. Uh, there was a population of them living their best lives on an island in the Arctic Ocean called Wrangell Island. And before you ask how mammoths ended up on an island, scientists mm. believe the island drifted off the mainland. And the mammoths were just on it. They were like, oh, okay. And the mammoths were all still on it. Right. <laughs> so the, the mammoths were just on this bit of land that broke away and floated off. I guess let's so just they, roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. They, and, and then they managed to live sort of like predator, aka human threat free for centuries after the pyramids were built as well. Weird to think about, eh? 2000 BC. So 4,000 years ago. 2000 BC? There were woolly mammoths roaming this here terrestrial planet that we have. Yeah. Um, that we call Earth. Yeah. Third rock from the sun. Yeah. 4,000 years ago. Yeah. On this tiny little, not, I don't know how big the island was, but like on this isolated yeah. island. Like I said, they weren't roaming around. Man, I wonder what it was like for the person who found them. It's like, whoa. <laughs> Holy shit, look at that. <laughs> where did, where <laughs> Don't did think you I've come seen that from? before. So weird oh, yeah. to think about. When I read that, I was like, the brain can <laughs> compute. Lovely. Mammoths versus pandas, the animal kingdom showdown that you never knew you wanted to see, I suppose. Well, that could be possible. <laughs> but I think that is newsable for today. Uh, I'm Emile Donovan. And I'm Imogen Wells. Keep an eye out for a couple of episodes we're dropping after this mm. one. Later today, we've got a preview of the All Blacks taking on France with Jeff Wilson. And then would you believe we managed to convince Jeff Wilson to join us again after the match? So that'll be Saturday morning as well. A lot of Jeff Wilson yeah. content. A lot of Jeff Wilson content. You can never have too much, Jeff. Anyway, thank you very much once again for listening and have a great weekend. We'll catch you later. Was this episode of Newsable usable? Then back NZ News by making a financial contribution at stuff.co.nz slash support.